dropping that knowledge on you. I could not make this shit up. With Kev Nash. Oh, Hercules, Hercules. And DJ Killer Kev. Uh-oh. Let me tell you, boys, you can't make that shit up. The inside. Real deal. Straight up. Are you crazy? Hottest <laughs> stories from the world of hip-hop. This is ludicrous. It's the big boss, Rick Rouse. What up? It's your boy, Young Jeezy. This is 50 Cent. Sports. Some of those dogs are the most incredible dogs I've ever seen. And what's popping in the DYT. I couldn't make this shit up. I couldn't make this shit up if I tried. I'm sad that I lack the talent to make this shit up. Here's Kev Nash and DJ Killer Kev. You Can't Make This Up podcast number 47, Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev, good morning, sir. Good morning to you, man. How are you? Uh, I'm pretty good, boss. You know, uh, just willing and dealing, keeping it pushing. Um, Officially uh, saw a knockout last night. Well, not even last night. At 2 p.m. Saturday is officially a knockout. TKO. Really? Yes. Where might this be? Remy. Uh, Officially. Yeah. Knocked out Nicki Minaj. Absolutely. Seven days. Seven full days. And we said she need to, she had like 48 hours. Yeah, I gave her a whole week. Yeah, man. You know what I think? I I, I think she gave up rapping for Lent. (laughs) That gotta be it. She gave up rapping for Lynch. She ain't gave up taking them pictures, though. <laughs> no, I saw that dress. I did manage to Google that thing. Yeah, man. Like, uh, those aren't falling. No, no, no. no. <laughs> them is looking right. I mean, they might be fake, but they looking right. Yeah. She, I will say this. Her, uh, if, her plastic surgeon is the shit. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> she had, I mean, the botches are easily fixed on her, boy. She's right. looking right. But that ain't got nothing to do with these bars, though. It ain't got nothing to do with you getting getting destroyed and then another one drops, literally. Yeah. Which, you know what I'm saying, everybody's really not feeling, which is debatable, but the point of the mat- matter is she dropped a fire one, dropped another one, and you you on the runway taking pictures with your titty out. Right. I think Nice cats, titty, but it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a nice one. <laughs> A little, little, little patch on it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Nice. I salute it. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> I think people want to just keep this, like, in conversation. So, mm-hmm. like, like people want to be like, that wasn't as dope as Sheether. You yeah. Know? Like, I have to kind of agree, you know, but, but to me, it's more so, like, she's just draking the situation. Mm-hmm. It's like the new thing now. Let's just spit a couple freestyles out that aren't really freestyles in the end right. of the day. But we'll call them freestyles. And just kind of hit them with the jabs, the jabs. Yeah. I will say this. Remy should stop. I don't yeah, need to yeah. hear another one. No. I really didn't hear, need to hear the song another one, but okay, we did. But now I'm done with hearing the song right. because it's over. It's right. a knockout. You, Nikki's not going to respond. If she does, it's going to be too late. She really is going to meet the situation up, as you yeah. said last week. And it's over, dog. Like yep. her as the quote unquote rap queen. No, it's not. Right, you you a hot girl. Yeah, you make good music. Yeah, you maybe you gonna be a straight pop star now. Just fine. Maybe you are gonna go into acting. You've done acting. Right, I salute you're all. You're still that. gonna make some money. Yeah, but it's about these bars. If you're about being a hip hop queen, yeah. it's about these bars. I mean, let's break down the uh the another one joint. It had a play on the Drake song. Mm-hmm. Brought out. Mariah Carey on the intro. So I was amped when I first heard it. And then, you know, the, the bars are average at best, especially for a Remy. Right. But I mean, that made me almost concept. feel like it was almost freestyled, like come, came up with quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That seemed come. That seemed yeah. like. So I will give her that on the fact of 
riding with your homies in the car on a Saturday down the bird, you know, freestyling with each other type of let's put that on on wax real quick. Like it felt yeah. like that was kind of that quick of a lyric or content. Yeah, so. yeah, man. So uh Nikki, it's over. You lost. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people said like, oh, she don't need to respond to Rem because she's above Remy. Nah, bruh. So my whole hip-hop. thing is like, if you come out with a song and just blow it off, everybody's like, where the the whole time that song is out, where's the where's the Remy you know comeback? Yeah, people are gonna just be hitting you up until you do it. Mm-hmm. If you do it now, it's almost like you waited a week. You're down two zero, regardless of how you like it or not. Right. You know, you're down two zero. So. You really can't do nothing. Like you would have to have like twelve of the pioneers of women hip hop <laughs> on this song to even like whoa, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. all against Remy, that ain't gonna happen. Not so. gonna happen. And it's I don't know what she does over. at this point. Yeah, it's wave the white towel. Yeah, man. So moving on, we 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 announced it over. So it's over. It's over. You can't make this shit up at all. At all, man. Good. Uh. Cover work, though, by Remy, man, with the uh, deceased and her laying out in one of the photos that she took. She Absolutely. <laughs> That's some funny yeah, shit. She got some good jabs up her sleeve. Absolutely, man. But I definitely wanted to get to this on the podcast, man. Our president, mm. President Trump. I'm going to start saying it like that. Remember in uh, New Jack City when uh, Nino was on the on the stand and he's like, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth, <laughs> Miss Hawkins. Yeah. That that's how I'm gonna start saying yeah. President Trump. Yeah, President. Extra sarcastic yeah. <laughs> sauce on it. I'm gonna still call you President, but it's gonna be President Trump. Do real you know, sarcastic. Do you know how, how he has changed my life, real quick? Who that? President, President Trump. <laughs> you know how he has changed my life? He makes me record Meet the Press Sunday mornings now on the DVR. I used to watch I, Meet the Press. I used school. to like skim through it if I woke up, caught the last 15, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not really into like an hour of that. Now though, I, I still record it until I just can't take no more. So I don't make <laughs> it through the whole show. But I have to have to hear what they're talking about because I know it's something he's done this mm-hmm. week and this week. And Absolutely, this week, so. for sure. It's crazy, man. Yeah, man. It's real. I, I want to say like, all right, we all got homeboys, but nothing in the world makes you feel better than being right versus your homeboy or your brother. Oh yeah. That just makes you feel good. Like, I told y'all I was right. Right. But there's nothing that makes you feel worse when you get into a debate slash argument with one of your friends or your brother and they end up being right. And and when it's like something serious. Yeah. So I got to salute my brother, J-Mac. He's 1,000% right. <laughs> y'all fake mad. Yeah. Fake mad. Fake mad, man. We are, man. Yeah. Like, not just people. I'm going to say myself, too. You know what I'm saying? Like I haven't done. As well. yeah. I, I haven't done the necessary things to say to stay on top of everything. Out reading the paper, reading online, watching the news. That's not enough to totally be informed. We're fake mad because I done seen Facebook post about President Trump. Slow down. Yeah. I done seen people with the President Obama is my president, not my President Trump. Slow down. Like, all this stuff is slowed down, especially since casters started getting their little income tax check. Oh, yeah. Like, every all this stuff that's really going on with Russia fixing the election, quote-unquote, them having tapes of yeah, Donald Trump, uh, Obama uh, wiretapping, uh, wire all Tower. this stuff <laughs> is just, like, it's happening in the world, but ain't nobody up in arms like there were once President Trump won. Yeah. So it's official, man. 
fake mad dog cats don't really care man they care when it's top of mind but now we in the everyday monotony of the the year the work day everybody fell back everybody back into their regular mode yeah. it's kind of like how when people start off the new year going to the gym and in january it's packed and then by February, slow down. And now it's March, and now it's right back to normal activity. You can get on any machine you want to because there ain't nobody there. Yeah. Cats is <laughs> fake mad, bro. Yeah, they are. You know how I look at this? I look at this like people, like we've all broken the law driving when no one's looking. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all drove down a bad part of the town and saw somebody that we could have probably stopped to help but was like, nah. But let us be in Walmart parking lot or going down the the suburbs and see someone drop something we might stop and pull over yeah you all right mm-hmm. you know it's almost like people ignore they ignore it when no one's looking like i can just be like Psh, put a few comments up act like i'm engaged but really it ain't it i i, I don't feel it yet mm-hmm. like i ha- it, it, it hasn't hit home to personal me yet right and then once it starts getting like to where okay this could affect a close friend of mine that I work with, or this could affect, you know, a, a cousin or whatever. Once it starts getting to where this could affect people I know, it's almost like that's when people are like, okay, let me get engaged. And then, yeah. then, and then it's like you've let it get to a point where it's like now we fighting from the back, fighting through the crowd. Absolutely, so man. That's how people. I, I think, and, and, and I'm saying that with me included. Like, yeah, myself too. People just ignore certain things that they don't want to even a dialogue with on on their two days off a week. You know, people don't want to get into it at eight in the morning on a Saturday. It's like, and then really don't want to get into it at work. So it's like, <laughs> they just kind of shut it off, shut it off. And then if I got to sprinkle in some comments at a coffee shop or in the parking lot of a store or with the homies real quick, fine. But really, I'm not, I'm, I'm not on it. I'm not on it. Yeah, man. I, I just find it weird that as the election was going on, everybody, I mean, you couldn't even go on any form of social media without seeing a post about President Trump yeah. or something negative about him or anything like that. He hasn't stopped what he's doing. He's on his everyday trolling. Yeah. And, you know, he had his little speech uh, last week where he got through a whole speech without making anybody upset. Mm-hmm. And that was news. You know yeah. what I mean? That was big news that he got through. And he said, I won't say made anyone upset. He stayed on topic. Yeah. He didn't veer off and call anybody a name. He didn't do any of this to make any extra marks that were as out of his character. Well, those are in his character. Right. But Trump has yeah. to be bipolar to me. Yeah. He has to be. Because, like, he'll do – people don't realize he can, he can affect a mass amount of people's opinion by just opening his mouth. Open up his Twitter. He can, he, yeah, <laughs> he, he can just say something, and they're going to run with the president said – Mm-hmm. So that's what it's about to be. It's a lot more to it most of the time than the president said, and then now it's law. You know what I'm saying? Or now it's gonna be that. So people, but but those 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 emotions with people, man. Like I feel like when he says certain things, or when he like attacks Obama for wiretapping in October when the election was going on, mm-hmm. it's like you just make people now almost like shun a certain class of people if they support Obama because mm-hmm. they don't, why would he do that? Right. You support a man that does that? We don't even know if he did it. Right. You know, like, and I don't even support, like people always be like, he, he wouldn't have did that. We don't, don't we know. We just don't know. You don't just leave know. that you don't know. Yeah, just leave that you don't know. 
We don't know what that man did. But as of right now, I wouldn't say he did it if you don't know. Right. So I think it, just the power of what he says and how it can affect the masses, I think it just makes everyone tiptoe with all of this. You know, the the whole thing that is Donald Trump. Yeah, know, man. Like He's big business, man. And I know uh, I was talking to someone at work about President Obama and uh, Michelle Obama signing a contract for their memoirs to be released. Mm-hmm. Uh, record like sixty million dollars or something like that. So they really ain't got to do nothing else. Hey, exactly. <laughs> they really gonna be vacant. They gonna really go. They gonna rub it in our face for a while. Exactly. Like, uh, <laughs> shit. and he got upset about it. I was like, "Why are you upset?" It's like, "Why would you be telling that?" Like, who would pay you that type of money? I was like, "Well, I don't want to hear anything about that." I mean, when Bill Clinton wrote his, his was the last. And if you think $60 million a lot, advance check that Obama's getting, imagine what Donald Trump's going to get when his time in the White House is up, when he writes his memoirs. And I don't want to hear nobody complain about that neither. That is the way it goes. That's the business part of being a president. It's not only running the country. It's it's an alley-oop for what you're doing afterwards. And I think even $60 million is low. Like, to me, just in my thoughts, I think every black person should want to own a copy of that just mm-hmm. to have, just to even bring up in 20 years. Like, that's what I, like, you you would want a copy of that. Yeah, just to be I'm, I'm going to give me one. Yeah, everybody should want one. So I think, I think that's going to sell a lot more than $60 million. I, I mean, that's the advance. Yeah. <laughs> it's like True. record contracts out True. here. True. So they, they guarantee a $60 million. Yeah, they out here. <laughs> and I think that uh, President Obama is officially on that, uh, you know, that picture that you can get over at your local furniture store, like you can get Dr. King, <laughs> you can get JFK, yeah. you can get <laughs> President Obama on there now. Right. He's officially on that that mural. Like, yo, yeah. these are the 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 powerful <laughs> black people. I love how uh, JFK gets on there too. Man. <laughs> black people love JFK, man. Oh yeah, they do. <laughs> do you know at my job, real quick, when the what is it, January twenty third, when the inauguration, when mm-hmm. he got sworn in or whatever. People was like emailing, I guess, wondering when they was gonna take down Obama's picture outside the front of the VA. And I'm like, y'all really like just can't wait. Like it just happened, right? And I guess it was like it don't officially happen till noon. But they ended up sending out a mass email to all the employees explaining the process of when the picture taking comes down. And it's like, really? That's what we on? real divisive, man. Yeah, day one. That's what we on day one. And it was just like. They really it's about to be. It's gonna be a long four years, man. Absolutely, man. We the haven't whole, even got a hundred days. Or, exactly. It's not even no. no. It's like five, six weeks. Yeah, man. Seven, maybe. This is. <coughs> excuse me. This is something that everyone needs to be aware of, and we need to stop being fake mad. If we're truly mad about it, we need to be aware of what's going on constantly. Not only watching the news or reading, we need to be doing our own research as opposed to relying on the media outlets to feed us the information is like, all right, so say you're a a Fox News watcher. So whatever they say, you take it as the gospel. Or you're a CNN watcher, you taking that as the gospel. I would encourage people to listen to both news outlets. Exactly. Read, do your research, and you figure it out. You read between the lines. You connect the dots. And without that, you can't make an honest opinion. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, this whole Russia thing about <laughs> the emails yeah, and 
voter fraud. Voter fraud. Like, that's scary, bro. Man, they even had Ohio in the news this week saying that, you know, hundred hundreds maybe, I don't know the exact number, it was between a hundred and hundreds. It wasn't like a huge number, but that people were voted illegally. Mm-hmm. And it's like that could happen in every state, every county. A little bit. You know, you could have one or two. But We that, need to get somebody on here that works at the election election board, man, because yeah. we need to figure out. I mean, we know we got the uh, electoral college and everything like that, man. But it's a lot of damn people. Let's just keep our state, Ohio. It's mm-hmm. a lot of motherfuckers living in this state. And we got a lot of counties, man. Mm-hmm. So People don't realize somebody, Ohio's a top 10 popular state as yeah, far as man. Like, numbers of bodies that's in your state. That's a lot of people. So you multiply that by 50 states, man. Like, how how can we keep track of these these votes? Like, how is that even possible mathematically? Right. I mean, the same way they keep track of everybody that old child support. <laughs> I mean, they ain't missing them 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 uh, deductions out your check. Need my check on time. I think people just, uh, it has to become a priority. Mm-hmm. It has to become a quote unquote like group A, group B, group C mm-hmm. and priority list. Like yeah. where do you want where do you prioritize the election? Right. The the one thing that people, you know, envy our country for is being able to vote on certain things and have the right to go and say yes, no. Right. I mean, that should be an important thing that you want to cherish and take care of. And it's twenty seventeen. People like the government as a whole, like we my job still uses DOS programming as their primary scheduling <laughs> program. People don't know DOS pro. I mean, that's I'm talking like the yeah. upcare everything. You have to, you know, you can't just hit enter. You got to hit upcare to type your command that you're looking for. Or, I mean, and that's a government job. And that's a government job in 2017. Like we, and they're trying, you know, to come out with programs, but ultimately they're just putting programs on top of programs. So like this program run on top of your DOS program, you won't have to use it as much, but you still have to use it a little bit. But, you know, it's like, no, we need a new 2017. Yeah, the government itself just uses old shit. Use it until it's broke, you know. They ain't broke, they don't fix it. That's the government way. Man, that's uh, that's alarming. Yeah, it's crazy, (laughs) man. Like, my job is so frustrating, and and all I ever wanted out of this job was to be a vet and help vets. Mm -hmm. So, like... Certain parts of the day gets very frustrating, but then it's also like the vet that needs to get help to get to his car, and we don't have no escorts today because no volunteers showed up. I'm not going to make you wait an hour to get to your car. Mm-hmm. Close my computer on. I'll be right back. I'm going to take this man to his car. You know, right. like, that's what I wanted this job for. Mm-hmm. There's so much other shit that happens there that it's just like, is it worth it? <laughs> wow. It, it's, it's terrible, man. Like, the government needs... People don't want to say that and don't want to face it, man, but the government needs a – I agree with Trump on that regard. They need just to ran through, do, do you produce that work or not? Because oh, in office is getting 100 k and they don't see patients. Oh, man. I think it's definitely like that there, Um, but I think that's every job. Yeah. Every job in America, every office building you go into, man, you can go through it and you can find out who's really doing the work and who's not. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Somebody at every company USA is making some bread for doing jack shit yeah. while, you know what I'm saying, Bob and Jimmy are like, oh man, when Bob and Jimmy go on vacation, 
Really All right, man. <laughs> we got to hold down the fort until right. they get back next week. And that, it'd be a rocky week. Yeah. And then when they get back, Bob and Jimmy's emails and just through the roof. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, man, I'm glad you got back. Or those are the people that get called when they're on vacation because somebody don't know how to do something. Like, well, shoot, man. Exactly. How come you don't know how to do this? This well, is elementary stuff. The one thing about it that just could lead me to another half hour conversation, so I won't <laughs> go there, but... The people that make those money, make that money, and and make the big money are the mm-hmm. ones that are in these meetings saying yes or no to the decisions uh, that yeah. come down. So if they're not agreeing to lose a little, if they wife be spending ten thousand a month at the Gucci store and they got to keep, ben, they got to keep their dollars up. They like, no, we don't want those cuts. You know, so it's like they're the people that have the money make the decisions mm-hmm. that affect people that don't have the money. Absolutely, man. I, we experienced the same thing at the radio station, man, especially the first part of the year. Um, it's always like normally we have a slow period, mm-hmm. but this year it ain't slow. We busy as all get out. Mm-hmm. Like All the stations that are in the building are, are busy out in the community, out and doing broadcast and everything like that. So in a normal year, the first quarter, you know, Corporate doesn't cough up that bread like, yo, we need like $5,000 so we can order a new batch of T-shirts. They're like, no, nah, we good because uh, according to last year's books, y'all weren't really that active. So we're going to hold on to that and then we <laughs> give it to y'all in the second quarter of the year. Right. And then, you know what I'm saying, you go back and forth with people via email like, yo, but um, that was last year. This is this year. We really need this stuff. Like, oh, well, we already put it in so we can't release it. Right. So then that in turns RGM arguing with corporate because I've all because somebody on our end has already argued with their counterpart at corporate about really needing it. So then you gotta send it up to your boss. Yeah. Like, man, we the boss gotta here. talk down. Yeah, they gotta <laughs> y'all gotta make it something happen, man. You gotta you gotta pull the strings and you know what I'm saying? I give credit to our general manager, man. He's an OG in this radio business, man. He understands the everyday struggle of, you know what I'm saying, working on a limited budget and you know, trying to appease our listeners mm-hmm. and appease the jocks because, you know, the jocks are the ones going out there on an everyday basis, shaking hands, kissing babies. So they're right. the p- people on the front line, so to speak. And the corporate people are away in corporate land being corporate people and because he used to be a jock. So he knows the struggle. Like, yeah. man, we out they're here. They're the best ones. Yeah. We out here at a, a three-hour remote. We got over a hundred people out here, and we got five T-shirts. Yeah, make it work. Like <laughs> he, you know what I'm saying? He'll. I done seen this man go in his own pocket be, and, and pull out two hundred dollars and be like, "Yo, go get two hundred dollars and twenty five dollar gas cards in his own pocket." Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I think when you get bosses like that that understand mm-hmm. and are willing to go go in their own pocket to try to make it work for your employees, it makes you work. A little harder, be like, well, shoot, man, I know he got my back. He knows what I go through on a daily basis. Right. So that's what I think the government needs to do is to come to the VAs more often than yeah. just a photo shoot or yeah. to scare everyone and make sure everything is tidy, right? Yeah. So that way you don't get docked for you know being that being that section that's struggling at the VA. Yeah. Know? It just it's so much of those games, man. It's, it's games you wouldn't believe the adults. I'm talking like adults, 40, 50, 60 years old that I work with that come to work just to wiggle. You know, like they ain't really here to do nothing. 
And if they get their little 10 things they got to do that takes them an hour to do done, they sit back like, I'm done for the day. I ain't got nothing to do. It's like, really? Like, and they take an hour. I mean, it's, it's I can go on all day. Man, I'm oh not going to bore y'all with my work talk. <laughs> hey, man, you're not boring, man, because I'm sure these people have the people same like complaints at their yeah. job, man. They'd be like, oh, man. Oh, on the treadmill laughing at us right now. I hey. see you. Oh, what up, OP? <laughs> yeah, man. Gotta love it. Nah, they, they don't play that at uh, State Famous nah, OPs. Nah, nah. He come in there with the whip. Yeah. Get to work. Oh, done ran through a few employees. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to touch on this, man. This is a this is a, a different topic for us, man. My guy, because I'm a fan of this guy, Amari Stoudemire. Yeah, Amari. Amari. Now, <laughs> people not familiar with my guy, Amari Stoudemire. He now is out of the NBA. Yeah, he's over in Israel, hooping it up. Maybe he's not even hooping at all. He know he got bad knees. But anyway. Right, he collecting a check. Getting a check. So he's over there in Israel and uh, got interviewed. Mm-hmm. And basically the interview was like supposed to be like a kind of a tongue-in-cheek type of interview. So, you know what I'm saying, he's giving his comments. And uh, the reporter basically asked him, uh, how would you feel if one of your teammates was gay? Mario said something along the lines was, uh, I would take a shower across the street, uh, get <laughs> dressed at home, drive a different route to work and he kind of like had a chance to change it up or clarify with the reporter and uh he's like you know there's always truth behind a good joke which right. is true true <laughs> so i wanted to ask you based off your athletic experience being a former tennis player mm-hmm. obviously serving our country in the military mm-hmm. how do you feel about amari's comments man i think People be forgetting that they can touch the masses. Like when they get to a certain level of fame, certain level of, you know, riches, they say something, it's gonna take off. Mm-hmm. Like they not me and you Sunday morning right. doing a podcast. Right. If we say something, it take off, we're gonna be excited. <laughs> I will take that jab. To, to get this thing rolled. To get that yeah, quality retweet yeah. from Complex Mag. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when people are already established and doing well for themselves and, and living, and they make a comment, it can just blow out of the, you know, take off. I think mm-hmm. he was trying to make a joke. Yeah. But I think the joke, somewhat like you say, is true in every joke. I think people just, people are being forced to accept something. We'll just say that. I mean, mm-hmm. people are being forced to be comfortable with, you know, something that, that really was kind of under the wraps 20 years ago. Right. When we might have been in high school and growing up through all this. My wife even said this to me last night. Will people, when our children get in high school and college, even look at the LGBT community or look at that whole thing as like an outsider or someone that's wrong or shunned upon? Like, would that even matter to people that are my kids' age because of how much it's in everything we do and see and it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I think people just need to just chill. <laughs> like, you say a joke, if that would have been said at dinner with anybody that commented on this post mm-hmm. and it was just a dinner with Amari Stoudemire, I don't see you just blowing up, right. ranting about it. Right. Like, if y'all was just on some chill. Now, if it's a chance for you to get famous 
Yeah. Maybe, you know, but if it's just on some chill, you probably be like, I'm crazy. <laughs> like, right. From from my point of view, for Amari, it's a you know better. Yeah. Because you know who you are. You not just Kev Nash, DJ Killer Kev, exactly. podcast style. Exactly. You're Amari Stoudemire. You're a former NBA All-Star. People know who you are. Yeah. You're you know someone's favorite player, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You've you've been uh an advocate about religion. You know what I'm saying? You've been out there outspoken about a lot of things in the communities and where you come from. You come up a long way from, you know what I'm saying, just being a, a dude straight out of high school to the NBA. Mm-hmm. So, so your name carries weight. What you say carries weight. And I mean, ideally, any athlete that's asked that question, you want them to say something along the lines of, oh, man, I don't know, man, long as long as we winning games. Exactly. Oh, uh, man, long as he scoring buckets, man, it's whatever, man. I don't care. It's whatever. That's ideally what you want them to say. Or if you're going to say something like, ah, man, you know, I don't know. Just keep it vanilla. Mm-hmm. Keep it keep it Michael Jordan. You know, Michael <laughs> Jordan was famous for never really answering questions of controversial yeah. status. So you ideally that's what you want. But, you know, if – I say it like this, man, like, <laughs> especially people that I went to high school with even know this, man. Like, we had to take swimming. Mm-hmm. We had to take swimming. I wasn't comfortable showering with everybody. It is a bunch of dudes, and we're, like, 14, 15 years old. Right. And, like, now, like, when I go to the Y to work out, and then the old dudes be coming out there with their junk swinging, I feel uncomfortable then. Yeah. I'm sure none of them old dudes is looking at me, oh, look at that guy, oh, they're not worried about me. I still feel uncomfortable. I don't want to see that. Yeah. I don't care how sweaty I was <laughs> at the gym or what I did. I drive the, I'm only like two minutes from the house. <laughs> I will pack it up, take it to the crib. Walk it out. Walk yeah, it we're out. We're going to get showered at the house. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm not with that, man. But I wanted to ask you, man, like, based off your military experience, like, how does a situation like that go at the military level? Like, see, I, Things are things have changed so much, man. Like this is actually what's today? Today is the man. That's crazy. Today, what's damn? Today is the fifth. Today, sixteen years ago, I joined the army. Really, March fifth, two thousand one. Are you serious? The day I joined the military. Can't make this shit up. (laughs) That's the day I joined the military. Wow. And I got out. I'm sorry. I joined March sixth. Got out March fifth. So this is the day I got out of the military. So we'll say you know them numbers though. You remember? Oh yeah. (laughs) Trust me. Trust me. You don't forget that date. But to go back that far, you know, 12, whatever years ago, um, it's different now. Like, the the whole don't ask, don't tell thing was way different. Like, you had that guy in the unit that you was like, why he walk like that? Why he talk (laughs) like, like, come on. And then I remember a guy in basic training that, and I went to all-male basic training. So you got 55 guys that you don't know. All sleeping together for nine weeks. So you can imagine the first two or three is, I'm from Ohio, I'm from here, I'm from there. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. It's just like testosterone. Really? Because everybody don't want to be that guy that's getting punked by the other guy. Okay. So you're not going to try to be the weak link. So you're going to be like somebody trying to get at you, you're getting back at them. And then it leads to whatever it leads to. So is it almost like a jail atmosphere type of thing? Yeah. Wow. 
Like them first, I'm telling you, them first weeks, people try to sugarcoat it when they get asked, how's, how's boot camp? You're going to hate it the first three. You're going to tolerate it the middle three. And you're probably going to be cool slash love it the last three. Because wow. they build, they break you down so hard and then start building you up. And then you feel like you learn how to be a soldier. And then they, they start cutting jokes with you the last couple of weeks. And you feeling like, I've earned their respect. They trust me. I trust them. They ain't going to do nothing that I don't need to be doing. You know, you just start to mm-hmm. you know, get the whole character morale hoopla. But them first three, people don't, three weeks is a long time. Yeah. <laughs> you do anything for three weeks, you're going to see some something change. Yeah. You know, like you're going to you work out for three weeks. You're going to start feeling good about yourself. Yeah. You know, three weeks, they they broke us down. <laughs> but that whole don't ask, don't tell thing was just like, don't ask, don't tell. Right. If you ain't asked, <laughs> don't tell. Now it's like they've let that thing, you know, be a part of the military. It's not now, it's not uncommon for anyone of that, you know, LGBT community in any form or fashion want to be in the military. Cool. You know, before it was like, I wouldn't bring that up at the, right. you know, at the sit down, you know. <laughs> so, for me, the, way, the military I was in, that would have been frowned upon. Mm-hmm. You know, you would have had to go through some counseling. You would have been tried, not, not not necessarily tried to change, but you would have been on their watch list. They would have been figuring out what to do with you, how. And you know, I've seen people let go. You know, really? people was put out of the military for, you know, gay behaviors. Wow. Doing things that they shouldn't have did and got caught, you know, and that was frowned upon from the military. So that was a reason for to let you go if we didn't want you here. I've seen some, yeah, it's happened, you know. That's so. crazy. Shoot, I mean, you, you would think nowadays without uh, the draft, yeah, you would think anybody y'all get to join the military, y'all might want to keep in there, man, because I know I know those numbers yeah. enrollment. To the military is are, are dropping year by year, right? Oh, it has to be because, I mean, you think about like the '90s swing. You had the Desert Storm early '90s, and then you really didn't have. You had like Bosnia, and you had mm-hmm. like some some smaller things, but it wasn't like 9/11 when the masses is you know supporting the flag and trying to really come together to to you know do what need to be needs to be done. It's the military is is losing people because. The whole swing of the military changed, I guess, probably in the like 60s, 70s, where it's like, let's help these guys get some schooling. Mm-hmm. So let's let's offer them some schooling, <clears throat> which really doesn't pay for your schooling because of how much schooling costs. Yeah, it, believe it, you it's me. It's not nowhere near <laughs> what you need for schooling, but it I guess it helps. Um, but started offering that GI Bill. Mm-hmm. So Kath was joining the military, I included. I give them four years because I'm not ready for college. I'll be 23. I could start my life and figure it out. I probably should know something by then. That's that's the reason why I really went. Mm-hmm. So to have that has a back has a you know fall has a um, recruiting tool to get people to come in. Cool. But then when real world stuff started going on and those cats that was joining the military was joining just to get these four years over with. Mm-hmm. Now I got to play army. <laughs> they can't wait for that four year mark because they are out of here. Right. So you get them for four years and then they gone. Right. The career twenty year soldier, in my opinion, is gonna be fucked up in some form or fashion, either either physically because of the, I mean we do PT five days a week, 
mm-hmm. 6 a.m. Rain or shine, it has to be like six inches of snow or more. A- active lightning bolts on the field that you're, you know, if it's down the street, oh, we cool. You know, like it has to be like. So uh, this ain't like no football NFL situation. No, it ain't just because it's raining and muddy. We canceling PT. No, it's, we out here. They will find that they, they will line you up in the hallway of where you work and make you squat on the wall and hold your arms out for a half hour. I mean, they'll find something for you to do. You know, they work you out five days a week. But that wear and tear for twenty years, mm-hmm. people just be broke down. I, I, I was broke down in four years. I, I was in a Humvee accident in Iraq, so that didn't help. And then I've always been bigger. In the military, I was I was you know that definitely a lot smaller than I am now by like two thirty two forty, then, but was in remedial PT all my four so I had a PT twice a day oh. for probably three of my four years in the military, and like the weight not coming off you get frustrated you three years it's like something wrong with me you know <laughs> like you just go through an array of stuff but mm-hmm. ultimately the numbers of military people. Uh, you can't keep them long enough. Right. They're breaking them down mentally, having to go to war four, five, six, seven times. Mm. I got friends. I got out in 2005. These, these were young guys that were a year or two or three younger than me. Now they're 10, 15 years in the military, and some of them are getting out. They're not finishing that next, that last five because they mentally gone. Mm-hmm. PTSD through the roof, anxiety through the roof, like. And you talking to him, and you dialoguing with him on Facebook, and you just be like, "This my guy. We done like went to war together. I'll do anything for this guy. He's changed. I can right. feel it. I can I can feel his energy is different. Mm-hmm. The quiet guy that I didn't talk to for ten years that we found on Facebook that's done been to jail and all kinds of stuff in his life has happened since he's been out. And it's like, man, that wasn't the guy. He was the quietest, shyest, squared away soldier we had." You know, it's like people people need to the military is hard to keep you in. Right. So from your perspective, how do we obviously you guys needed some major training because I mean, like you said, man, when you went in, you was going in, hey man, I'm about to it's been a time of somewhat peace. Yeah. I'm about to get this, do this for, get this cause money, do what I want to do. Yeah. And then all of a sudden nine eleven happens and you're Three in weeks. the mi- middle of a war <laughs> and that you really didn't sign up to be a part of. Exactly. Is so how center. so how do we take care obviously take care of our veterans when you guys are done with your service. Um and how do we get to a point where these type of things aren't happening or is it that's just like something that 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 everyday grind makes you capable to do the things you have to do if and when you're in war. I think I think the biggest thing that that Donald Trump could do when he the one thing I've held him to since he said it is he's going to help the vets. Mm-hmm. The vets really aren't going to complain like any other mass going through something like this would go through. It's the families that complain. Yeah, it's it would the be moms, it would be the, it would the, be the, 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 the kids, wife and the, the kids wife. of the veteran that just died that was 100% disabled, but that only gets you about 25 to 30,000 dollars a year. So you still ain't really making it. And ain't going to have the whole family so, now. So like to to have people that give their life literally or their bodies or their minds to some shit they really didn't really, really want to be a part of. To be honest, they just there and gonna. Some people join for that. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Some people join for other reasons and have to just man up and and get through it. 
But if you can just take care of the vet in a simple form of like, let me have somewhere to live. Let me be able to choose, you know, an area I want to live in or be able to, if I'm disabled in any form or fashion, you know, get the help that's needed. And a lot of people get in this, well, I was in Vietnam or I'll just say Iraq. I can't speak for them. I was in Iraq the same time you was. I could probably get this PTSD off. <clears throat> just tell them some stories of what happened over there and what I seen. They're going to say, oh, yeah. It's like Some people just kind of wiggle in mm-hmm. and don't really need the help that somebody that really can't sleep at night or somebody that really has anxiety through the roof and, and PTSD through the roof and really needs some guidance. Right. So they, but the uh, the government would have to just put money into the VA like they would put into building planes. Like right. they would put into the DOD side of the government, the Department of Defense side. Mm-hmm. They need to put into the Veteran Affairs side and build up these veterans that we got homeless vets. Oh man, that's and that's the a saddest huge, shit huge in the world, problem. man. Huge problem. I mean, they're renovating, doing I think a two million dollar renovation on about four buildings on the VA property. That VA property is celebrating its hundred fiftieth year. Like they got pictures of Abraham Lincoln doing wow. speeches there. It's a it's been around for in this area for a long time, but they're renovating some of the older buildings that were used back in those days and p- turning it into like basically like. Homeless shelters or like yeah. apartment, like dorms for the homeless, just to kind of get you a vet. We got a roof over your head. We can get you some some medical help if you need it, some school help if you need it, some get on your feet, a job, cut the grass, you know, whatever. Yeah, they that they're trying. That's that's what it's yeah, about. They're trying, but it's just not enough because there's there's veterans come out every day. Yeah, and and from multiple generations. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And then you got the and that's even worse. You got the guys I see it all the time. I pull up a guy, he's 76 years old, only has about six months worth of notes in his chart. So he ain't been in the VA system but six months. So he didn't he didn't win his own doctors and done his own health care and pay for all that himself, probably with his occupation. Mm-hmm. One of the ones that could get an occupation. And a lot of vets do well for themselves, but it's a lot of vets that need help. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's one thing I want to kind of get more in, in, involved with, man, is I want to find something in the government or just in my passion of helping vets that really could get maybe a nonprofit or something organized to like the younger coming out of the army vets that are in their 20s that don't want to hear what an 80 year old got to say or a 60 year old got to say mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. Could might, but maybe a 30 year old that just got out. I might listen to him. Right. We can share some of the same, you know, story. Like that's, I think that's needed. The younger vets are. They're, they're needed to be gathered and kind of organized in this form or fashion of, like, choose the right avenues here, you know, but but pick one, not just wander off. Yeah. So We got deep today. Yeah, man, it went <laughs> in. I'm, I'm awake. I'm going to hit some golf balls when I get out of here. I'm like, hey, man, it's go do a little, go do a little activity. Podcast, baby. But it is time. Oh, yeah. A highly anticipated one. Hey, this one right here. Woo! Top five time. Top five. I plead the fifth. He keeps asking me to give him a high five. High five. I'm going to give you to the college. Five. One, two, three, four, five. All right, and this week's top five is, I mean, come on, man. We already know, unfortunately, what happened on March 9th. Sunday, March 9th, 1997. Yeah. Oh, the, no- the notorious one. B.I.G. Yeah. was murdered. Yeah, he was, man. It was 
what was it, Soul Train Award, something going on yeah, that weekend. Yeah, L.A. And a party. and After party. Man. Leaving the we lost party. The, we lost the, I, I, I think we lost someone that would still be called upon to, you know, be involved in hip-hop today. Oh, yeah. He For would sure. still be reached out to. For sure. I mean, talking about just Christopher so, George, Latour Wallace. My guy. Yeah. The notorious one, man. So top five Biggie songs, right? Yeah, man. So uh, who's up first this week, uh, man? I am because you had the panic attack last week with the movies. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> had, to, uh, had to find it via uh, texting the wife, tell her to send me a picture of my notebook. But right. I have my notebook today. Oh yeah. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's on me. Shoot, I blanked. All right, number five. <laughs> Machine Gun Funk. Mm. That beat right there. Mm. And I remember um, reading a story about uh, Machine Gun Funk. That was supposed to be his first single. Okay. Off of uh, Ready to Die. He was pushing for Machine Gun Funk to be his first single. But, you know, Puff being Puff, he comes in with the Juicy. And off they went to the races. And yeah. I think I think what Puff was right by making Juicy the, the number one single off there. Machine yeah. Gun Funk never got released as a single, unfortunately, but it's still one of my favorite songs of all time yeah. from The Notorious One, man. That's a dope one. I like that one. Yeah. Number five for me, man, is uh, really uh, my everyday struggle. <laughs> we're going to say everyday struggle, man. That's a um, that's a classic Biggie yes. song for me, man. It's uh, The lyrics in that song, it's one of them ones that I keep tucked away in the workout mix. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm uh, sitting on the bench, deciding if I'm about to go home or do some cardio or... And I scroll through and see that it's like okay, let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. So that's that's just a meaningful song that had to get that five spot for me. For sure, for sure, definitely feeling that. Number four for me. Keep money. Hey, we getting up there. <laughs> see how fast it happens. Get money. <laughs> but not only that, get money. The remix. Yeah, you Mr. Remix guy. Yeah, I already man, know. you know I with the know. Dennis Edwards. Don't look in the brother. <laughs> yeah. brother had that beat on there. Ooh, I might have something for you. Okay, yeah, for man. Night, Definitely one of my favorite Biggie joints, man. That remix, man. I just, I just remember hearing that. I was like, what the heck? Like, ain't that that one dude with the that be? <laughs> Looking like he chewing gum in that one video. And I was like, yeah, that's it right there. So, yeah, man. Get Money Remix, man. B.I.G. Yeah, that's that's a nice one. That's the nice one. Junior Mafia. I like that one. Um, I'm going to go with number four for me. I got to go Mr. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. It's the 10 Crack Commandments. One. Yes. That joint for me. I've squeezed in probably 80% of my gigs throughout the year. Every year, wow! It's one of them songs that even if it's early, no one's really there. I'm just, you know, having a light drink to get relaxed. You know, that's one of them ones. Just Ti, let's get away. It's Ten Crack. It's a couple songs that I play for me. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite Biggie songs, man. But they got so he got some other ones that I just couldn't put ahead. Fun fact about that, man. You know they uh they used the Chuck D sample. Yeah, and uh, Chuck D didn't appreciate. Them using his voice on a song that had to deal with crack. He was really mm, pissed off about I that. I can see that. So, yeah. Shouts out to Chuck. I can D, see man. that. Yeah. I can understand that. But absolutely. Great song. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, we got to get that one off. <laughs> <laughs> right. Number three for me, The Warning. Mm. I mean, the song is only about two and a half minutes, but 
the beat, the video. It's my man Pop from the barbershop. Told me he was in the gambling spot. Heard the intricate plot. The people want to stick me like fly paper neighbor. <laughs> Slow down, love. Please chill. Drop the caper. Remember, Lord? I could go. I could just go the whole song. But y'all yeah. want to hear that? Y'all can go ahead and listen to yourself. That that verse, the song, the last verse. Ooh, big goes in. Mm-hmm. Go listen to that last verse and close your eyes and tell me you don't picture what's going on. He painted that picture perfectly in that song. Definitely did. Definitely did. That song's classic. Whew. Whew. She <laughs> thinking about that shit. Hey, this getting this getting uh this getting nice. Yeah, man. Number three for me is almost a like guilty pleasure of how it went down and the whole like doing it on the West Coast. It's that who shot you. <laughs> Something about that song and almost like I think I think it probably really was the movie. Yeah. To really see it like then drop that. I'm about to go up. Watch out. Drop that. And just, <laughs> who shot you? Separate the weeds mm. from the obsolete hard to creep in Brooklyn streets. It's on, nigga. <laughs> that, 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 that got to make the bronze medal for me. Yeah, that man. That to. is so classic. And a person that loves B.I.G. to death is my brother. But he hates that song. Do, yeah. Not for the Tupac reason, because my brother's a big Tupac fan, too. But. His college roommate, they went to Freaknik, and he went to Central State. So they he he claims that for the eight-hour drive from Central State to Atlanta, Georgia, to go to the Freaknik, his roommate played that song on repeat. Wow. For eight hours. Wow. And he said he'll never, <laughs> ever listen to that song again in his life. That'd be terrible. I, I would probably hate the song, yeah. too. But since I didn't go that through that struggle, I love it. That would be terrible <laughs> to have to go through that. Mm. Number two for me, man. Sky's the limit. Mm. Sky's mm. the limit. Oh, man. Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, man. I mean, just the lyrical gameplay in that song, the storytelling in the song, and then the classic video, mm. man, when they got the kids playing big and yeah. Puff and Lil' Kim and the 112 people. It's a it's a great song, and it was I I believe it was his first single after he passed away outside of um, anything else. So that song right there, the wordplay, I mean it's classic, man. I took about eighty VHS tapes from my mom's house up in the attic about a year ago, and I went home. I had the DVR VHS all in one. It's like spent the weekend just seeing what was on these tapes. I had. A, Quite a few tapes that were like, you know, BET videos I was recording, MTV. Yeah. That Sky the Limit video popped up all the time on these tapes. I'm like, I was just recording it whenever I saw it just to Man. make sure I had it, you know. And I remember that as a kid. I can remember, oh, I didn't care well, what was on that tape. Record from right here. I got it now, though. I got the whole video now. You know, like that was me. So yes. I'll be watching. Like I remember um, it was a show. That uh, Left Eye was hosting, and it was kind of like a, it was a real quick show, but it was like they bring on new town, like an American Idol of mm-hmm. of its day, and this guy named T Bone, he was rapping, spitting fast and singing, spitting fast and singing, and then like I'm watching that, and I can remember that that being on, and then Sky Limit come on, Sky Limit come on, <laughs> I was like, that's one of my favorite songs. You talk about taping over anything that was in there, just how. Ruthless I was with taping videos, man. I would tape over like movies, like stuff we would buy yeah. from the movie store. 
I would like, all right, I would know exactly. All right. You pop the tape in. We got about seven minutes before the actual movie starts. So, you know, they had the previews on there. Right. So I would take seven minutes of video. So I get about two videos on there. And then I would fast forward the tape to the end of the movie and tape over the credits to get more videos on there. Dope. That's how far <laughs> gone I was in my head, yeah, man. That's I, well thought out, though, bro. I that's was well a genius out. at that, man. And my mom used to be so pissed. Like, why would you do that? If you need more blank tapes, just ask me to buy more blank tapes. I couldn't find it. <laughs> I, I had to get it. Yeah. Like you had to get it twice. Right. I, I had to had to have it, man. I had to have it. The reason why I went so long on that is because number two for me was Sky the Limit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we oh, just well. uh yeah. Yeah, I had to get that off uh <laughs> number two Sky the Limit. Hey, well there it is. Can't make this a podcast, <laughs> man. And number one, without a doubt, hypnotize. For mm, me at least. Okay. Hypnotize. Yeah. I mean, it hits home for me so much. Uh came out his first single. Off the uh, life after death, it was a uh, our high school's theme song. Mm-hmm. Uh, year I graduated from high school, ninety seven, and the classic interview, his last interview with Joe Claire on Rap City. I still have that on tape somewhere at my mom's house, man. And uh, thank goodness for YouTube, I can watch it whenever I want to. But <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, the video of them driving backwards down the tunnel, the the speedboat. Just throwing money up in the air off the speedboat. I don't care. Fuck yeah. talk about I don't care. And be like, I care. I care. Give me that money back. Right. It's just classic, man. Yeah. So it hypnotized. I, mean, I was I was the other one, man. I was juicy. Okay. Juicy for me was 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 I think it's just how you started, man. Like how it started. It was fuck all, all no, dream. fuck all you hoes. <laughs> Get a grip, motherfucker. That's that's that that used to be my I'm I'm telling you that's I know that song back in front front and back we can start in the middle we can start at the minute mark wherever that's my track man so, yeah. oh man I know you had a lot of uh runner ups so let's hear them because okay. I had to do my runner up okay too. I definitely had nasty girl oh. I like that song a lot more money more problems of Ooh. course couldn't find a spot for it and. Probably the last one I would say is one more chance. One more chance had to oh. had, has a very uh, close but no cigar. Yeah, yeah, had had a very very close run, but I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it for me, man. Runners up, man, and I go. I mean, this is a song lyrically that's probably one of the dopest ever, ever in hip hop history. Dead wrong. Mm, yeah, you got. Big dropping two classic verses, and then you got quote unquote the white boy. Yeah. Eminem tears that fucking song down. People always talk about M on Renegade beating Jay Z on his own shit, like Mm. Nas said. M got big and Jay. Yeah. That's that's what M dropped a better verse than Biggie. I will agree 100% with you on that. Holy shit. <laughs> Go listen to that, man. I did this morning. M did a better <laughs> verse than B.I.G. and Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Think about that. M is one of the best, man. Yeah, and he always gets that, mm, is he really in your... Yes. Yes. He's in the top yes. five. Yes, this dude is nasty. Yeah. Uh, also, niggas bleed just like yes. us. Yes. Would you be able to find that clean by any chance? Hmm. Just a curious question. I'll, I'll take a look. Okay, okay. If you can I'll find that clean for me, and of course, uh, one of my personal favorites that just would be five uh, A for me would be you're nobody till somebody kills you. I mean, 
Yeah. Dark skin Jermaine. See what I mean? <laughs> you nobody. Yeah, yeah. Till somebody <laughs> kills you. <laughs> I don't want to die. He's helping. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, big. Think about it, man. This guy only had two albums. That's the crazy part about it. I think that's why he gets that. Is he really the greatest? Yes. He's up there. He, he's up there, he, man. He put out two projects that you know front and back. Yeah. Whether you want to admit it or not, you've heard it. Gazillion times front and back, it's just, it's something you can put in and just ride to, and whenever mm-hmm. with whoever, white people listen to it just as much as the black people. Yeah, in, man. In, in in your life, and that double disc <laughs> album, man, that was a double disc era where you mm. know, uh, people debate this all the time about was the double disc era necessary in hip hop, and uh, you had uh, Tupac, All Eyes on Me which I argue could have been the greatest album of all time if he would have just took the five best songs of this one and the five best songs of this two and just made ten songs. Mm-hmm. I But the double disc biggie, home run, dog. <laughs> yes. It's only, I would say, probably two songs on there I don't listen to. And this is how I know I love it because I, I remember I bought the tape. I had the tape when it came out. And then I got a gift card to Sam Goody when I graduated from high school. I take that CD. So I had the CD and the tape, man. So uh, shouts out to the great one, Notorious. Yeah, man. Christopher Wallace, man. Send us your Biggie top five tracks. We would love to hear them. I know you got a couple in there that uh, we might not have got to because he has a lot. Woo. So send those to uh, You can hit us up on the Instagram At DJ underscore killer underscore Kev One Kev National Gram and Twitter And of course at You Can't Make This Up Podcast At gmail.com Absolutely man That's another one of the books 47 in this thing man 47 man We knocking on that 5-0 man Yeah man right around the corner That yeah. live coming up too Yeah details coming We gonna get y'all the details here real soon Absolutely man Always shout to Gym City Pie man Izzy what up, homie? Bars and beyond always holding us down. DeMarco, what up? DeMarco. Yeah, man. When you come back in town, we need them bars, by the way. Yeah, man. We got something to talk about. Yeah. We got something to get yeah. off our chest. Them know. bars, Yeah, man. we gonna holler at you, DeMarco. Absolutely. Can't make this up, podcast. Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev. We gone. Yeah, yeah.